from KQED. I've been on the online dating scene for some time now, Polly, and it's been a really frustrating experience. I'm sorry. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one, one of the reasons why is that um, it seems like a lot of guys are just kind of lurking. It's almost, you know, some don't even post pictures. Others post pictures that are like taken from 500 feet away and they're wearing sunglasses. And I think to myself, this process is not just about you checking me out. It's also about me checking you out and seeing if we have a basis for having any further interaction. Well, what if your families were checking each other out? Oh, gosh, I can't even imagine that. But this is the story we're about to hear is a story where people are not in it for a casual date or hookup. They are looking for a long-term relationship, really marriage. I'm Rachel Myro. I'm Polly Stryker. And this is Love in the Digital Age. Today, a story about semi-arranged marriage. How did you find this couple? Through a friend of mine who herself is South Indian, and um, she and her husband were introduced by a matchmaker and an ad in a paper some years back before these matrimonial websites really took off. But she said, I, I have somebody in mind and someone who met this way, and, and voila. About three years ago, a young man by the name of Prashanth Vishnu Mangalam Narayanan of Fremont in the San Francisco Bay Area found himself at SFO, embarking on a trip to Edmonton, Canada, his mission to meet the woman who might become his wife. So a lot of things run through your mind. I'm going across country to meet somebody just on the fact that I've talked with them over phone and uh, I'm going to make a big decision in my life. So several months before SFO, Prashant's mother and his aunt put up a profile for him on a matrimonial website called BharatMatrimony.com. Whoa, let's back up here. The parents write the profiles for their own children? I know. But Rachel, these are not dating websites. The idea going in here is marriage, not relationships, not dating, but marriage. And they're really big in India and also with Indian expatriates around the world. In fact, one of the largest of these websites, Shadi.com, says it has upwards of 200,000 account holders registered in California alone. Wow. Yeah. So sometimes the prospective bride or groom will set up their own profiles, and other times the parents will set them up. It would be the way my mom would describe me to somebody else saying that, oh, he's a Iyer Brahmin. He doesn't eat meat, he doesn't drink, he's a good boy, he's uh, done his bachelor's, he's done his master's, and based out of California. Prashanth learned about this woman through his parents, who in turn learned about her through a profile set up by her parents. Both our families liked each other. That was the foundation for our, our love story. That's Gomati Ramakrishnan. She was studying for her master's degree in Edmonton, Canada, and it turns out that she and Prashanth are from the same city in South India, Chennai. So back in Chennai, the parents were browsing profiles. They liked what they saw, and they decided to meet. Okay, the parents met first, 
Yes, the parents met first. The arranged marriage concept is about the family. It's not about the individual. And I, really the first question is, are the families compatible? His parents, they were really down to earth and both of them got along well because both of them came from middle class family and they had, based on their hard work, they were able to come up in life. So that was something that both of them have mutual respect for. And uh, that's something that I also wanted in the person that I was going to marry. They would call this semi-arranged because they actually spoke for about nine months before they got married, which is a long time. For arranged marriages. Yeah. How I put it is, I got introduced to the person I was getting married through family relations and connections, but then we talked and we really understood each other and got married. Prashant flies to Edmonton, and then what happens? It was only when he got to the airport that he realized he was finally going to meet this woman he'd been talking to for several months now. She was there at the airport to pick him up. He was late. It was a long weekend. It was actually Canada Day. And they went all over the town. They ate. They walked. They went and saw a movie. Gomati says at first she was a bit quiet, which is not like her. She's full of life and bubbly. It sort of felt really weird. I know this person. I can talk to him over the phone. But when he comes in person, I was just observing him more than talking to him. I found her very exuberant. It wasn't an aha moment. It was kind of a growing realization. You talk more and more. He's athletic and he plays badminton, so she was also watching him, I think, uh, as, a, as a handsome young man. Yeah, I wanted the guy to be fit too. Like, I mean, I felt that the guy should hit the gym. Then when he left Edmonton, there was no decision. She was stalling a little bit. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. You need to understand the person really well before getting married because it's a one-time thing and you just don't want to screw it up. So that puts a lot of pressure. Even though parents put a lot of pressure, it's, you know, you just don't want to make a decision until you know, yes, this is it. I felt kind of sad when I went back without any decision. I thought initially I wasn't emotionally invested, but I learned that I've been heavily emotionally invested. I told Gomati that take your time, just try and figure out what you want to do. So Gomati was knee-deep in her master's degree, and it took her a little while to make a decision, but she, she decided that she really liked Prashant's, um, his integrity and his honesty. Eventually, at the end, I came to a point, like, you know, I don't really care about other things as long as I find someone who is really a good guy and I know from heart that he has high moral standards, then I think I should marry him. That was the point that I came to when I decided that, yes, I should get engaged to Prashant. And so they told their parents, and their parents pretty much took the baton and ran with it. And nine months after they had started talking, they had a lavish, lavish, beautiful, gorgeous wedding. Three days, lots of flowers, lots of relatives. And I can tell you that the way these two look at each other, this is not a business arrangement. They are very tender and very sweet with each other. I like talking to her. You get that comfortable to, to a point where you're able to almost tell somebody everything. They love to watch TV. They're big fans of Game of Thrones. And they love to go out and eat ice cream. We always go to Cold Stone Creamery. My favorite flavor is Banana Caramel Crunch. <laughs> Rachel, I don't think this couple is going to move back to India. Prashanth is 31 and Gomati's 25. They plan to make their lives here in Fremont, which is kind of sad for their families in a way. So that means 
a lot of airplane trips back and forth between SFO and Chennai. It does. You know, when you think about it, they never would have met if it weren't for a digital website like BharatMatrimony.com. I mean, their families in Chennai didn't know each other, and they didn't run in the same circles. You know, Polly, I can't get over the fact that they each chose the first name on the list that their parents had put in front of them from from BharatMatrimony.com and just turned out to be the right choice. Your story could be the next one we tell on Love in the Digital Age. Email us because we have a second season coming. So send us an email to loveinthedigitalage at kqed.org. This would be a great time to thank KQED in San Francisco, our home station, and to thank the people involved in making this work. Our engineer this segment was... Rob Spate. Our senior producer was Victoria Malion. And our executive producer was Holly Kernan. If you like what you're hearing... Subscribe to us on iTunes, and for goodness sakes, leave a review. It really makes a difference. Please. Please, please, please. Thank you. We'd love you ever so much. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.